and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button. Thanks so much for listening. Six months ago, I was just praying and asking God, God, what, what do you want to talk to us about at Christmas time? Just the, the concept, the names, names, just talk about my names, understand me through my names. And obviously I was led to Isaiah chapter 9, those beautiful names that Isaiah used to describe who he believed the Messiah would be. Wonderful counsellor, everlasting God, Father, sorry, mighty God and Prince of Peace. In fact, let's, let's read the scripture together. It'll come up here on the screen for you. And as we do, let me just remind you of Isaiah's circumstances as he penned this. Uh, the nation of Assyria and its allies were burning down the gates of Isaiah's city. They were, they were coming in force to overtake the northern kingdom of Israel. He was watching his nation fall apart in front of his eyes. At armed military conflict, he was, he was seeing people being taken captive and taken away out of his nation to serve as slaves for the Assyrian Empire. And he's watching this. And he was calling it out on his people too. He was saying, these, these things are happening. God's allowing these things to happen. But in the midst of that, he looked forward to a salvation that was incredible. And he began to put words to it. And although Isaiah himself didn't understand that Jesus would be the Christ. He had a very clear picture about what Jesus would look like. And so he paints these frames for us. What do you make a frame with your fingers, you know, like the old school directors? So these names that Isaiah gives are kind of like frames that he's anticipating in, in hope and in faith of the Messiah. And he's looking into the, into the future believing wholeheartedly that the the Holy Spirit was teaching him that the promised one of Israel that I'm going to send to you, well, he's going to be these names. Let me read it. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Aren't they just beautiful names? Beautiful names. Over the coming weeks, as we journey into Christmas together, we're going to take a a deep dive and a look at each one of the names and what it means and how Jesus fully fulfills that name. And and we're going to inquire and ask, well, well, how do we then, uh, as followers of Jesus, become those things for the people in our lives? So let's take a look at Wonderful Counselor today. And just before I do, let's pray. Lord God, all the the wrapping and the trees and the decoration, the lights, it's it's sound and, and, and fun. But essentially, God, we just hope to uh, find ourselves more close to you and your heart. 
So I pray that this Christmas would be not not just filled with the wonder and, and beauty of Christmas, God, but it would be filled with also a, a, a journey closer to your heart and your purpose and your will for our life. As we unwrap the beautiful names of the Christ, according to Isaiah, I pray, God, that you would take us into new depths of our relationship with you and that you would fill us and inspire us and guide us toward your purpose for us. I'm just going to pause in this moment. We, we enjoyed all that wonderful news and the singing and maybe the rap. But without the power of your presence, Lord, it, it's, it's just sound and lights. And so we pause for this moment to remember Christmas and remember the great deal of difference that you made for us when you came. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So it's been gifted to me to open the series with Wonderful Counselor. Now, here's, here's the thing with Wonderful Counselor. Isaiah didn't call Jesus Wonderful Counselor because English isn't the language that Isaiah spoke in. It's not the language that he wrote in. And most importantly, it's not the language that Isaiah thought in. And so it's important that if we're going to understand these names, we, we consider what are the words that Isaiah used to describe him. And these words are Hebrew words. And for Isaiah, the word wonderful counselor didn't come together like an adjective and then like wonderful wasn't describing his counselor. It was actually two separate words joined together. And that's important because there's a difference. The words in Hebrew were pile. Yotz. Say it with me. Pile Yotz. Ready? One, two, three. Sounds fun to say, isn't it? I love speaking Hebrew. Now remember, these were, the, these were two separate words put together. Wonderful, marvelous, too high to comprehend, and then advise, purpose, guide toward understanding. Now, as I looked into this, you might notice it too, looking at the definitions there. These two words put together almost become like an oxymoron in that sense. You know an oxymoron, right? Like bittersweet or seriously funny. When, when we take two opposing words and put them together, it almost comes to, across to us as a, as a deeper sort of thing, something more profound. Like when we say bittersweet, it, it captures something of the complexity of what it is to be a human and have two emotions at the very same time. Well, God is most accurately described through these kinds of paradoxes. And if you think about it, it's exactly how God revealed himself to earth. God as a baby. A, a king in, in a manger. Oh, this one's a funny one. A, a rabbi who's also a carpenter, a, a tradie that can actually teach. No one's laughing at that one. Sorry, tradies. What about this one? Hero of the universe on a cross dying a criminal's death. In fact, understanding God through, through paradox helps us understand the incredible depth of who he is. And that is why Isaiah said, 
he will be a pile yot. He will take all the wonderful, marvelous, too high to comprehend things of God and guide us toward understanding them and filling us with the same purpose and advising us how to live out those things. In an Australian vernacular, you could be excused for going, wonderful counselor, yeah, mm, I just love it. He gives such good advice, you know. Just, it's so much more than that, my friends. It's so much more than that. Jesus takes the incredible, the unknowable, the unseekable, the unattainable, and he gifts us to them. He, he, he draws us to them. He teaches us about them and invites us to take part in them. And if you follow Jesus and you follow the things he said, you'll be reminded of in Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46, when he says, the, the, the kingdom of God is like a treasure in a field, a treasure of great value. And, and a man found the treasure. And so he, he covered it up. And he went away and he sold everything he had and he came back and he bought that field. Or, or also, it's again like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he finds the one of great value, he went away, sold everything he has and buys that thing. There's a beautiful paradox about the kingdom of God in this, in that when you find it, you know it's incredible value. You know it's amazing for you. And yet you can't fully comprehend it. And yet you'll give everything you have to be part of it. This is the, the kind of beautiful, wonderful thing that Jesus guides us toward. No one person can contain or understand all there is to God. But we can go on a lifelong journey of discovering him more, afresh in every action, every detail, every life stage and age. God becomes more present, more powerful, more beautiful. So what will it be for you this Christmas? What new wonder will Jesus draw your attention and gaze toward? Think of it in terms of Isaiah. He sat there with the enemy at the gate, attacking his city, taking away his people, and yet he framed God up as a wonderful counselor. Now, Assyria is not knocking on your door or burning down your city gates, but there are things that do. What is it for you this year? Is it debt? Is it the, the longing for a relationship or potentially a, a broken relationship? Is it concern about the state of your job or something like that? What, what is the thing that you just seems too unattainable, too unknowable, too hard, too heavy, too, too sad, too awkward? What is it for you? And I wonder if you can take absorb, adopt the promise that Isaiah gives and says, yes, it may be. But I tell you what, we have a counselor who will guide you through to understanding it and purpose you for working your way through it. What is it for you?
I had this experience in my life, kind of like the parables we read just then of the treasure and the pearl, where I saw like God's beauty and his kingdom really vividly in my life. And, and I, I, I went away and sold everything to have it. In fact, that process has occurred a number of times in my life. But I want to tell you about one that happened in the lead up to Christmas on the last few days of school, perhaps when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Now, I lived in a nice little suburb in the Sutherland Shire. And there was a kid in our neighborhood who was probably about three or four years older than me. He was the coolest kid in the neighborhood. His name was Dave Mack. There he is. Thanks, Google Image Generator. But no, this is like, he had cool blonde dreadlocks. He had a skateboard under his arm everywhere he went. He didn't have that backpack, but he had one of those cool, like, sandy-colored canvas ones. You know that, you know him. And he'd taken, like, a permanent texter and, like, drawn band names on his backpack. And I was like, that is sick. <laughs> Dave Mack. I was like a 13-year-old kid looking up to this guy. I thought he was so cool. And we got, on the, we got on the bus one day. And you know where Dave Mack sits on the bus, right? Where does he sit? You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Back seat for sure. Not me, though. <laughs> nope. Under instruction of my mother, I was to sit second or third row on the bus so that I wouldn't miss my stop. And I could adhere to the bus driver's instructions at any given time. But I get on the bus this day. And it's kind of quiet. And Dave Mack is sitting on the back seat all alone. And I'm like, like doing this, like, oh, I wonder if he'll see me. He sees me and he says, Andy. Wait, he knows my name. Andy. Come up and sit here with me, man. What? So I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to sit there anyway. <laughs> Sat down on the back seat with Dave Mack. Talk about a bit of skating, a bit of music, a bit of surfing. And then he says something that, that totally caught me off guard, blew my mind at the time. He says, Andy, what do you reckon about like Jesus and God and stuff? And I was like, it's like, man, so many things started flooding my mind. And, and the principal thought, now I'd been a Christian my whole life, raised in Christian, raised in church. I, I had a, for a 13 year old, I knew a fair bit about what it was to have a relationship, who God was like. My parents did a great job at kind of like teaching me about his character and all that kind of thing. So bear that in mind as you listen to the next few moments of this story. All of a sudden, all this noise flooded my mind. And, and, and the, the, the overarching thought was, this is a coolness test. And he is testing me to see how cool I am. And he's thrown me the full wild card question about whether or not I'm into Jesus and God and stuff. Because a guy like that could not possibly be into Jesus and God and stuff like that. So he's testing me. And, and, and the right answer to this is no. So that he'll go, oh, sweet, cool, we can be friends then. Let's go surfing or whatever. And you know what I did? I looked him in the eye 
and said, oh, no, nah, man, I don't really know any about that stuff, eh? Hey? And then I looked over my other shoulder and Jesus was sitting on the seat next to me. Not really, but literally he was. His presence was there, right? I'd, I'd been praying to Jesus since I was a kid. It was part of my life, everything I believed. And I said that to Dave and I then I was like, so convicted because I just denied the God I believed in since I was a kid. And I look back to Dave and then the next thing he said, if you thought the question blew me away, the next thing he said blew me away even further. He said, Andy, oh, that's cool, man, but I love Jesus and I go to youth every Friday night. You should come with me. Grabs his skateboard, runs down the aisle, gets off the bus and skates away into the sunset. Maybe, I don't know. But it blew me away. I'd sat there and, and literally just denied my Lord and Savior right to his face. Now I'm sitting on the back seat of the bus, not alone, but with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit there. Can you imagine the look on his face? Like, bro, I'm sitting right here. And he just threw me under the bus, literally. I was, I was devastated. And and in that prayerful interaction, like it wasn't, pause for a second, it wasn't this mirac- miraculous thing where, where there was a, a spiritual figure. It was kind of like happening as I thought it through and, and thought about the things I believed. And I, and I sensed that God in his, in his beautiful, humble way just said, why did you do that? He didn't look away from me. His, it's like his gaze didn't go away from me or anything like that. And he didn't like go, another denial, okay been here before, but he, he, he rested with me there. He said, why did you do that? Man, did I see the treasure in the field or the beautiful pearl of great value in that moment? Uh, an incredible God in, in, his, in his power and presence just resting with me in that moment and going, why did you deny me? You believed since, since you were a kid. Why did you lose your integrity in that moment, Andy? Man. I said, God, I am so, so sorry. I can't believe I did that. And you even showed me your grace because, Dave, it wasn't a cool test. He was genuinely reaching out to me to see if I wanted to come to youth with him. And I still denied. And so I, so I, I, I just said, God, I will never, ever do that again. In, in fact, every single thing I do from now on, from, from this moment on the backseat of the bus to now, it's for you. Every decision I make, every action I take, everything I learn, God, show me a way that I can use it for you. Now, I didn't become a pastor immediately. That only happened a few, like 20 years later. I, I went on to be an outdoor guide and start a gardening business. And, and like most folks, did a few things with their life. But I tell you this, I never for a second stopped doing it for the marvelous counselor who sat with me on the bus that day and said, why are you doing what you're doing? Isn't that a beautiful question? In fact, I think God really lives up to that name or the power and presence of the Holy Spirit really lives up to the name of wonderful counselor or Pillay Yotz when he sits with us and asks us that question. Why are you doing what you're doing? But he doesn't walk away. He doesn't convict us. He doesn't shame us. He's asking that question because he wants to lean in and guide us toward the most fulfilling purpose we can ever do with our life. 
Isaiah had this viewfinder, this frame that Jesus would be a wonderful counselor. And certainly the teachings that Jesus told fulfill that frame. In fact, even more so the prayers that Jesus made. And I want to read a prayer out for you this morning in conclusion that will help you to understand what Jesus really, really wants. Let's have a look at it, George, in John chapter 17, if you're reading along with it. In this part of John's book about Jesus's life, the subheading is Jesus prays for all believers. And if you can't read it in the subheading, then in the earlier verses, Jesus says, my prayer is not just for my disciples that I'm sitting here with, but anyone who would believe in my name. And he prays this for us. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Here's the difference between Isaiah and you. Pile wonderful, was only exclusively allowed to be used for God. No one else could touch the marvelous, wonderful things of God. And yet Isaiah believed someone would come who would be able to purpose, advise, and guide us toward those wonderful things. And now we have that person, Jesus Christ, praying that very thing, that I would be able to take the wonderful, the marvelous, the beautiful, and draw you into it. So now it's not separate and only for God anymore, but He is drawing you into Himself as well, so that your thoughts, your action, your your, your vision for your life, your relationships, that they could share in the wonderful, marvelous, too high, too incredible things of God. Jesus makes that possible. And that's what we remember today. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.